0: On today's episode of our Heritage Ag Solutions podcast, we're talking soybean weed management with Golden Harvest agronomist Brad Cook. We talk about the differences between Extend, E3, and Extend Flex trait packages and the things you need to be aware of out in the sprayer here this summer. Okay, so today we are back with Brad Cook, and today we are talking about soybean weed management. Uh, Brad, for all intents and purposes, the crop is in, and the sprayers are now rolling. On the edges of some fields, we see the flag markers showing what uh, trait packages those soybeans are. So what are the major trait packages that we're actually seeing this year?
1: Yeah, so for for uh, 2021, there's really... Really, three main classes of, of trait packages that are out there um, to be managed with herbicides and, and weed management. So you've got what we've had for the last several years, which is Extends. Um, that allows the over-the-top application of dicamba products, which we'll, we'll get into specific ones and their uh, their labels and such. But um, the, the second one um, is, and new to the market is is, is Extend Flex. Uh, got got approved um, late last year and so some of those products are out there that that allows the addition of glufosinate um, over the top um, of those of that trait system um, which is your liberty brands and such um, and last but certainly not least is the enlist 3 system where you have the ability to um, spray glyphosate glufosinate as well as 2,4-d choline, which is branded as Enlist 1 and Enlist Duo. And so we'll talk through um, that management system as well, which gives you several
0: options. Okay. So to dig into that Enlist 3, glyphosate and glosophonate, that's Roundup, Liberty, and then the 2,4-D choline. Exactly. Okay. So that's what we're seeing. Now, are they interchangeable? So as if to say, what happens if an e3 soybean gets sprayed with a dicamba product or what happens if an extend gets sprayed with you know a, um a 24d type you know what does that look like
1: yep that's a great question and and it's a great question and we need to address um this very specific answer to that because there's conf- there's confusion out there um amongst growers and and such on this because both dicamba and the 2,4-D are both in the same family of chemistry, meaning same mode of action. They are a growth regulator or an auxin. Um, That said, they're very different chemistries from a formulation standpoint. Um, salt and and 2,4-D choline um, work in the plant differently. Um, And so each one of those trait packages are susceptible to that other auxin. So Specifically, an E three soybean is susceptible to dicamba. Um,
0: and when you say susceptible, like, what is it? Just going to burn it, or is it going to kill it?
1: Kill meaning, it? it is lethal. Okay. Um, from that standpoint, conversely, um, and not to quite the extent. So, so, soybeans are very sensitive to dicamba. So, any anything without the extend trait is very sensitive to dicamba. Um. If you were to spray a, an extend or an extend flex beans with 2,4-D, with that would not be a, a good day either. Soybeans in general aren't as sensitive to 2,4-D, uh, but it would still be a very bad day. And, okay. And, and potentially a replant situation. Um, so either one of those chemistries are not um, interchangeable. And are very specific to their their trade platform so getting into that a little bit deeper on products so for your extend or your extend flex soybeans you for 2021 you have three options of dicamba products you've got extendamax you've got ingenia and then you have tavium and so those are are made by different major manufacturers um each one of those has a little bit different label as well um, on, on that trait platform and, and, and spring that, the product. So like Ingenia for example doesn't really have a, a, a vegetative stage cut off, it just goes along with the federal or state cut off date which I'll get to in, in a second. Um, Extendimax has a R1 cut off date as far as growth stage goes. Tavium has an even more restrictive label as far as growth stage and that's a v4 okay so you got to look then at the labels as far as how late you can spray them or 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 or, uh, crop growth stage from a cutoff date um with dicamba and for 2021 of course there was a whole situation last year that everybody's aware of where they pulled the labels and then we got an emergency label to 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 spray it and things like that it was a fiasco those three labels got reinstated for this year and nationally federally you have until june 30th then you got to look at your state your your state regulations so for illinois where where we're talking from here and where we're selling seed at um as far as you and i we have a june 20th cutoff date so we got 10 days from as we sit here to spray um, either one, any of those three products or limited by by growth stage.
0: Now in addition to a cutoff date, there's also a buffer that those, if you're spraying dicamba, you need to leave that around the edge of the field. Is that correct?
1: There, There is a downwind buffer, that is correct. And that has doubled for 2021. So when it initially came out, we had um, 110 feet buffers for downwind, sensitive crops, and for this this new label calls for double that. It's 220 um, downwind downwind from a sensitive crop. So so let's define that. So and I'm not going to define every single piece, but a non-extend soybean is a sensitive crop um, to those dicamba products. So downwind, even even from a soybean field, you're supposed to use that buffer as well as in all your your vineyards and, and different vegetables and things like that um so conversely for the e3 system or the enlist system from a buffer standpoint that label calls for a 30 foot downwind from sensitive crops well if you what i stated prior soybeans are not considered a sensitive crop to 240 or to this 240 coiling so um, not that they can't exhibit some symptoms um, but they are not considered a sensitive crop, so technically you could spray, enlist your enlist products on an E3 field, right up to the border of, of a non E3 field. From that standpoint, now you still got to watch wind speeds, you still got to watch uh, temperature inversions and things like that. But from, that's the buffer difference. So it's pretty big, pretty big difference.
0: But if you're spraying dicamba, you need to leave that 220 foot downwind buffer to any beans or other crops that are non-dicamba. That are sensitive. C- C- sensitive. Correct. Yep. You got it. Okay, so you talked about the the dicamba products and then also we have Liberty products. What does accessibility look like at this point in the season? Can producers um, easily get these chemicals that they're looking for?
1: Yeah, so, so that's the thing to consider. So if, if you're a producer and you were thinking about using dicamba, but you get past the date or growth stage and um, likewise, if, if you were going to use 2,4-D, but you say, no, hey, I'm going to um, go with glufosinate or any of the Liberty brands. And th- there is a limit. There is a supply limitation on glufosinate right now, that AI. So that's something to consider. Um, now, certain people have got it bought up and, and are fine. But what we're hearing on the countryside um, just this week, I got into situations where growers asked for glufosinate and could not get it. And so we're going to have to get on and, and whatever the trade platform is and spray the, the auxin, whether that's 2,4-D choline or the dicamba with grip. So, um, so yeah, it could get critical. You get past this window of, of an auxin application, getting glufosinate is, could be a little bit hard to come by. Again, and we can get in, maybe not into all the details, but spraying those two different products are very different as well as just as far as um, uh, gallons per acre you're spraying tips um, sunlight things like that
0: well in volatility so just given these buffers that we're looking at you don't have the volatility concern of the 240 choline and the Liberty like like dicamba
1: exactly um, there, there's literally virtually no volatility with your glufosinate product, um, and um, when it comes to the 240 choline from what we saw last year, as well as third-party data, it is the volatility is very very low um, compared to the, the dicamba products, with even with the vapor grip. So, now that said you still got to watch temperature inversions on both of those oxen products. Um, but that is that is what we've seen for this last year between those two.
0: Okay, now here's a question that producers were probably asking last fall and over the winter, um, but it pertains more to uh, yield. So does the chemical trait package, whether E3, extend, extend-flect, does that element have an effect on yield?
1: Yeah, so, so the really any of those trait pack- packages and specifically lots of questions get asked on the E3 trait package. Those are not inducing any type of a yield drag or difference or anything like that. The E3, for example, is a molecular stack. Um, it, it is not causing you know, that particular soybean to yield less for whatever reason because it's expressing those traits <clears throat> or metabolizing that herbicide. Um, Were there Maybe a yield difference come into play as things have been compared over the last couple of years is just simply what genetic lineup or platform was each one of those traits in, you know. Mm-hmm. So if that if you had an E three and and a versus an Extend and two different completely genetic germplasms, yeah, one could out yield the other. That's what we saw last fall. Was there was times where E threes beat Extends and vice versa, where it extends e D threes, but it wasn't because of the trait that was in them, or the herbicides that were, or some were kind of applied, chemical chemical that induced leads trait to lag. A, yeah, okay. no, it's just simply the difference in in genetics that um, if you took the same exact pure genetic line and had either one of those traits in them, it, it would be statistically um, no no difference. Okay, from a yield standpoint.
0: Okay. Uh, Now, for folks that have, say they've got E3 soybeans in the ground right now, um, does it make a difference whether they spray the 2,4-D choline or a Liberty product or combine them?
1: Yeah, so that's a good question. Some things to consider um, when making that decision. Um, I would look at weed density, weed weed height, Um, you know, each one of those labels have have different restrictions and as, as well as just you know weed heights and, and things like that and oxen does really well on weeds that are and each one has a di- little bit different label don't get me wrong I'm not going to quote labels right now but you know that one to s- inch to six inch weed range an oxen does really good at taking that down you know you start getting much bigger than that they're going to have some trouble Um, Depending on what rate you apply and things like that, Um, you know, um, if you've got tall weeds um, and it can get good coverage, Liberty Glufosinate is a very good, very good option. But again, it'll take down some bigger weeds, but it's all about coverage with Glufosinate because it's it's contact. It's it's got it's got to get good coverage. Um, I believe the label states no less than fifteen gallons, but I'm telling you, you better go out there with twenty. You want a really good kill, and if you got huge weeds and, and a high density, you better go out there with 25 gallons per acre, which nobody wants to do because that's a lot of water. Mm-hmm. But it's all about coverage with that product. Um, let's let's take um, an example of the 240 choline. Um, I do know that label states no less than 10 gallons, but I'm telling you, you better go out there with 15 gallons. It still needs a decent amount of coverage to do to do some work, even though it is um, systemic dicamba um is not quite as critical on that on that coverage but it requires a very special tip <laughs> a low drift tip okay and things like that and so you know and that's the thing like spring, 2-4-d and liberty together works don't get me wrong and both of those combined as far as ai or liquid death on, on a plant if you, if you combine both but, but as far as volumes and tips it's a little bit different and so, if you're spraying both, what I tell guys is you're you're still supposed to use that specific nozzle for your two forty choline, but you better go to the high side of volume mm-hmm. because to get your liberty to work really good
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know an ideal tip for like liberty would be just be a flat fan or a dual fan at, at high volumes, but that's not kosher for your oxen products right I gotcha you. so you gotta you if you're if you're gonna mix it too you gotta you still gotta use. The, the labeled nozzle, but you better go to the high end of your gallons per acre if you're if you're adding in glufosinate.
0: Okay, so let me ask you this: when um, we talk about 24D, there's 24D, but then there's also this what we've been talking about, 240 choline, right? So what's that choline element of it?
1: That is a new formulation of of 24D. They came out with, with you know, your, your history is 240 amine and then levodar ester, and and then now. This 240 choline product um, completely is a is a is a step change in in volatility reduction um, in that chemistry. Still the same mode of action. It's just that formulation um, is not n- nearly as volatile as the first two prior forms of 240. To the point where, you know, again what I experienced last year and many others were virtually none if if applied correctly no physical drift um, and no major temperature inversions um, conversely <clears throat> from seeing dicamba products over the last two to three years I've walked a lot of volatilization issues both so with with dicamba you can have both physical drift which is why they have a very specific nozzle recommendation or requirement. It's not a recommendation. <laughs> it's a requirement. Um, but then, what can happen is and we get into a little bit of science here. But it's simply, it's it's a, it's volatilization, which is basically a liquid into a gas. Essentially, going back to our science classes, and that happens from temperature inversions. And so, when it gets real hot, and then and cools back down, and then gets real gets real hot. And so, what happens then is that that turns into vapor and then moves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... How can, far can it move? There's a good... exact. I've seen it move... Oh, last year, I saw it move miles.
0: Okay, so, so now you've got so the 220-foot buffer, but that doesn't do you a whole lot of good that, the, when you're dealing with a temperature inversion correct, situation?
1: That's right. The buffers are, are really more about physical drift. Physical drift. Yeah, yeah. But um, you would say, you know, I was really (laughs) surprised and educated, re-educated over the last year or so on how far it could move.
0: Well, in this specific topic, we're all kind of learning together. This is new to not just us, but a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. In fact, some have learned the hard way what can be sprayed on fields and what can't be sprayed on fields, even already.
1: Yeah. What I'm really concerned about is those specific environments for temperature inversions. Are what's forecasted for the next week. And we got 10 days to spray. So, and as well as we, in Illinois, we have an 85 degree shutoff temperature on Dicamba products.
0: Okay, so you've got the temperature mm-hmm. on some specific labels, you've got vegetative growth cutoff, yep. yep. you've got the federal cutoff, yep. and even prior to that, you've got the Illinois state cutoff, mm-hmm. and then and temperature. So these are all things, if you're spraying Dicamba products, you need to be aware of.
1: And wind speed, three to, t- three okay. to 10 mile an hour wind speeds. How many hours of the day, and how many how, how many really days do we have left, you know, to be on label and and do this? And it's it's concerning. It's it's not it's not many. And and here's the thing: if if followed to the T, meaning the label and the restrictions, the rules. what, what we saw last year was this stuff can still move. It will still get up and move in a temperature inversion. So, so sell me
0: on dicamba. Why would a, a producer now? Golden Harvest sells both Extend and E three beans. Why should they deliberately choose the tree?
1: Dicamba hist- historically, its efficacy on amaranth species is very, meaning water hemp mm-hmm. and, and and things are, is very good. It, again, sprayed the right way that we just talked about. It's 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 a great burn down um, for winter annuals, and it's a it's it's great on some of these. Resistant weeds that we have to to glyphosate. Mm-hmm. That said, um, so is this you know two four It also does a good job on on some of these hard to kill weeds. And then uh, well, and
0: we're just very fortunate to be in the position. If you want extend or if you want e three, we we have it, both trait packages.
1: Exactly. I mean that we're a company of choice. So you're gonna have you're gonna have both op you know mm-hmm. both options going forward. Um, extend flex or or the E3, it's it, it. just goes back to, you know, what do you really want to to use? And quite, and, it, and quite, like I said, quite frankly, going forward, um, they're they're very it's very similar um, as far as you know. You got an oxen, and then both of those have have glufosinate. So, you know, I think going forward it'll be more, maybe more of a genetic decision going forward then it will be a trait platform because you're going to have both trait platforms and then, you know, what set of genetics work best for you um, going forward. I really like the Enlist system simply because that oxen does seem to be lower in volatility and, and you get your, your liberty resistance, your gluposinate resistance, and, and you still got, you, you got glyphosate with both of them too.
0: Okay. Well, as we look ahead, here we are. Like you said, it's today's June 10th. What do producers need to be aware of here over the next week to you know couple weeks as far as things to watch out for uh, that type of thing?
1: Yeah, if they're gonna if they're gonna spray, if, uh, we've got ten days by by law by label to get the dicamba sprayed in Illinois. Um, and again, like I told you, some of the hurdles there. You know, you're, I think uh, for the next five days we're supposed to be in the nineties. So you're, you're going to have morning hour, maybe evening, you know, and that's the thing that you have restrictions on, you know, I think it's an hour after sunrise and two hours before sunset. I feel it, like the
0: longer we talk, you just keep making up restrictions. Exactly. <laughs> My
1: point is, is there's not a lot of time left to get um, your dicamba products sprayed. There is, but it's time is now. So that's something to really be thinking about. And if you don't go that route and want to go a different alternative, you need to be sourcing and, and finding, making sure, whether it's yourself spraying or your retailer has, you know, glufosinate as, as your backup. And the other thing I would tell you is, as you're going out and making this pass, um, you know, I'm a big proponent of putting a residual in um, as you go again. Because if you, if you don't, you're <laughs> likely... Um, may have to come back again with something, and at that point, your options are, are more limited. And we still got to get rain to activate that residual, <laughs> and there's not a lot of that in the forecast yep. as well. I'm not giving you a whole lot of great news, am I? But it's the reality of, of the situation. So, I say that. it I mean, it's great that I, I honestly think it's going to be good for this crop overall. Maybe not for some of these spring scenarios, but overall, to have this stretch of of heat, we, we haven't had much. The spring um, to have this dry period, let these plants grow, root. Um, Yeah, it's still going to rain here at some point, but this dry period uh, in June typically is usually a good thing for Illinois crops. Okay. um, Versus a very wet June where we leach out our nitrogen and sulfur and become anaerobic in our root systems. Um, I think we're setting ourselves up for. For good yields again it's it's got to rain at some point here you know as we get in later into june and july but the crop looks really good overall um so
0: okay great and you'll you'll come back in the future and we'll do more recaps as we go on down the line throughout the growing season things producers need to be aware of
1: absolutely so
0: all right thanks for your time All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode. If you have further questions on the topic of weed management, feel free to reach out to us. You can find us on Facebook under Heritage Ag Solutions, or our email is heritageagseeds at gmail.com. Now you can also visit goldenharvestseeds.com to access our 2021 agronomy handbook, as well as other articles on various topics. If you haven't yet, look us up on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and give us a follow so you don't miss any future episodes as we talk side dress, nutrient deficiencies, fungicide, and other agronomic topics as we progress through the growing season. We are Heritage Ag Solutions, helping you leave a legacy that lasts. We'll catch you next time.